to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? A little under the weather, nothing too serious, but you know, power through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also joining us today is uh, Bex. How are you doing today, Bex? Yeah, not too bad. I'm nearly over the, the tonsillitis, so I can speak again, hmm. which is uh, unfortunate for you guys, but good for me. <laughs> yeah, we all appear to have picked up a little something. I picked up something yesterday or whatever, or a couple of days ago, and uh, David did as well when he was on holiday. So, yes, we all know there's things going around, but uh, we're trying to push on through them. Um, regardless of that, this is episode 200 of Random Gaming Talk. That is um, crazy and wild. And uh, it's uh, it's a big milestone, of course. Um, of course, Robert's been with me since I believe it's episode fifty-five uh, of Gaming Talk. Of course, this is Be- Bex's uh, first appearance on the Gaming Podcast, but she has, of course, been on Entertainment Talk twice before, uh, two TV Talk episodes, one recently and one last year. Um, and um, yeah, uh, Robert, how do you feel about uh, episode two hundred of Gaming Talk? Uh, I'm happy to get there. I yeah. started probably seven or eight podcasts that never really got off the ground for various reasons and when you posted on the random facebook group that we're both in Mm -hmm. looking for co-hosts and i signed up i figured okay do five or ten you know and probably (laughs) won't go anywhere past that and now it's like been 150 so i'm just glad it's still going along yeah yeah it's uh it's crazy bex have you hit any similar milestone specs i know yours is a bit different with like the youtube videos as opposed to the uh podcast and stuff because uh, I know you recently hit um, like four years on YouTube, six months in, on Twitch and stuff like that. So Yeah, so those were both quite big milestones, mm. really. Um, I, I didn't know when I started my YouTube channel if it was actually going to, to, to get anywhere. Otherwise, I probably would have thought more about things like my branding and uh, some kind <laughs> of mission statements and things for it and probably wouldn't have called it Trista Bytes. Um, we're slowly trying to decide if I just change my name to my surname since I cunningly used it for the name of the channel. And <laughs> it sounds a lot like a first name. It's um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a fun, interesting journey. And because of the things I've done done there and all the the indie game and indie comic interviews and stuff like that, I get invited onto awesome podcasts like this for a monumental episode. So mm. yeah, pretty honoured, dude. Yeah, yeah, welcome. Um, hopefully, of course, we can do more stuff uh, together in the future. I'm sure we will do. And of course, Robert is going to be here. I assume next week for the gaming podcast as well. So, um, right, uh, let's get into what we're playing. Of course, we are talking about video games today. I'll, I'll go first. A little bit of change of pace. Usually, I ask Robert what he's been playing. I'll ask him in a minute, but uh, you know, uh, I'll talk about my stuff first. Uh, decided I need to take a break from Call of Duty, uh, which I'm, which I managed to do last night. It's just the, I don't know if the word is addictive. Uh, the word addictive is is the word I'd use. It's just that loop of. Uh, I I, kind of realised I got stuck in this loop yesterday with the game where, um, first of all, I started to play a lot worse, which is, I I remember I've been been told before, you know, if if you're playing a game and you start to get worse, take take a break, and obviously that sort of was one of the things that happened. Um, But yeah, there were certain shows I was just like not watching, certain other games I was just not playing and stuff like that, like Luigi's Mansion was just sort of sitting there and uh, not getting played for for a couple of days. So I've decided, I sort of realised and decided... 
Uh, I need to take a break uh, away from it. And, and th annoying things like, you know, I'd throw a grenade at someone, it wouldn't get them, and it'd hit me with a grenade, and all sorts of just uh, annoying stuff. So, uh, yeah, going to take, um, try and take at least a, a week away or so. It's been, well, a, a day uh, already. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I decided to, uh, to take a bit of a break from that and um, go back eventually at some point. But putting uh, that aside, I did manage to play um, apparently only an hour and a half. Uh, I don't know how that managed to, to happen because that's one of the games, uh, one of a uh, few games these days where it actually tells you the, the time of how long you've been playing the game when you go to load it. And it said today an hour and 40 minutes. I don't quite see how because I'm sure I've played it in total two or three hours. But uh, I don't know, maybe some of that was pause time or whatever. But um, really, really charming game. Very obviously Nintendo-esque and because uh, obviously it's from Nintendo. Um, there's just a lot of, I mean, this is more of a, like I said on Geek Town uh, this week, more of a spooky family friendly kind of game as opposed to you know it's not an actual horror game it's a nintendo game so it's not really gonna be like that but it's it's more the case of laughing at luigi's reaction when he like goes into it does most things in the game uh like when when you go through certain doors he's sort of like hello is anyone in here uh and uh, it's 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 pretty kind of amusing with that as well um because it's, it's the first proper game where i've like played as luigi as a as a main character because i pray i played some of the uh super mario Brothers games, two of the different ones, and obviously you can play as him in that. Uh, played Super Mario Odyssey, which obviously Mario is the lead uh, character, but um, yeah, and also like the way, even when you're just walking around and searching a room, he sort of looks all scared and everything, it's just, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, and even things like um, certain wardrobes you'd go to open, there's these little mini jump scares, and he gets uh, scared by that, and that sort of stuff, so that's pretty good. The gameplay, I think there could be a little bit of improvement on the gameplay, I find it a little bit awkward, because basically you've got this Proton Pack-esque kind of thing because like I've sort of jokingly said before Luigi's basically a ghostbuster in this game because uh, he's going around trying to capture these ghosts in this massive uh, hotel kind of thing and uh, it's it's sort of the case where like if an enemy's behind you and you need to swerve around you might end up going the wrong way or if the if the if it, if it's like a ghost or something and they fly upwards and you have to aim upwards and I'm I'm fine, that's the only part of the game I'm finding a little bit awkward at the moment it's just getting used to some of them controls there's also this mechanic where it's sort of like a flash thing like you press and hold A and he sort of flashes the 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 enemy with with his light and uh, that sort of stuns them so you can get them you can't actually move left or right or up or down like turn around that direction uh when you're loading that because that's not a button that's not a mechanic you can just press you have to kind of press and hold it a bit so you have to like make sure he's lined up a bit so there's, there's a few gameplay improvements that could be perhaps made um but uh, overall i'm finding the game very charming very funny and uh, just just nice little bit of fun um apart from that yeah call of duty stuff that i've i've been playing but uh just more sort of cyber attack stuff um, that's pretty much been me. Once I, I think, finish uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, I'm going to go to play, uh, go back to playing Moss, which is the uh, little mouse uh, VR game for the PlayStation VR, which I played some of, fell off of, and then I, I wanted to uh, go back to that. So that's pretty much been me over the last week or so. Uh, Robert, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh, on the PC, I've been kind of tag-teaming uh, Magic the Gathering Arena and Darkest Dungeons. Uh, mostly I've been trying to uh, get back into the swing of watching and supporting fellow streamers. And Darkest Dungeons and Arena are both games that I can have on one screen and not devote 100% attention to, but then have a stream on the other screen and uh, also kind of pay attention, but not to as well. Because neither game you know, demands like that twitch, twitch action, you know, 
reflexes like you would get from any kind of a shooter. It's more of a slow-paced game. Uh, but they're both a lot of fun. Uh, Darkest Dungeons is a game, for those of you that don't know, is a roguelike, but it's also a very heavy D&D-inspired roguelike. So you've got your healing class, your warrior class, and there's other various classes, and you're just going through dungeons, clearing things out, uh, getting loot, and leveling up your characters to go into the tougher dungeons. Uh, still a lot of fun. You know, I wouldn't pay the $50, I think it is, on a normal. I got it on a Steam sale for, like, 12 which is insane that they even have discounts that deep, but, you know, whatever it is, fine. Uh, Arena's, you know, it's Magic the Gathering, so if you like Magic the Gathering, you're going to like that game. It's a lot more... Uh, arcadey in the visuals than most magic games you're probably used to and outside of that i've been starting to work on uh, warlords of new york for division two that uh, game it came out and the expansion came out and i i held off in a couple days to let the the first people get that out of their system before i go in there uh but i've been playing some of that it's more story driven dlc which is why i picked it up if it was just like a raid expansion or something like that i probably wouldn't have even bothered uh, the only real complaint I have with it is that if you don't buy the extent expansion, uh, you can get gear that's of the higher rank because they did raise the level cap from 30 to 40. So you can get that level 40 higher gear. You just can't craft it. Your crafting station is locked at 30 until you buy the expansion and start going through some of those missions to unlock it. Hmm. Um, is that the five-hour update or whatever you told me about? Yeah, I, and I actually found out why that was taking so long and I feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> uh, about a month ago, there was a massive disruption with my internet service provider and it got to the point where I was like four days without oh, having yeah. Yeah, uh, my internet. And I was trying to set up a wireless setup because the I, the uh, ISP that I have does let you do wireless over their company branded networks. Uh, but I had to take my actual physical uh, network cable out of the Xbox in order to uh, connect to that network. Mm-hmm. And I just forgot to never plug it back in. Oh. So for the last five <laughs> week, last four or five weeks, I've been running off of that network and not my home internet, which is why the download took so long. I see. doesn't quite beat my, I think, 16, 18-hour, one of the Call of Duty updates. <laughs> but, uh, you know, five hours is still a long time. So, uh, there you go. Uh, Bex, what have you been playing lately? I recently finished a replay through of Diablo 3 on stream, um, which is a game I, I very much like. It's also a nice, a nice easy dungeon crawlery thing you can play whilst also still chatting to people because it just, it just isn't that difficult, which is one of the things that I've always found to be the biggest problem with the game is the difficulty curve is broken. Um, I think I died three times in the entire playthrough, one of them because I wasn't looking at the screen. Oh. <laughs> um, because it's just too it's too easy to just stat the characters and max the character, and um, I just min-max my character on healing. So every time I moved, every second I existed, and every time I hit an enemy, I was generating, like, thousands of hit points. Um, so at one point, I was just standing in an entire massive amount of fire, just healing quicker than I was burning, and I was like, you shouldn't really be able to do this so easily. Um, and I'm streaming it, so I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm playing it in a fairly casual way, and I was still able to get to this point of godliness with my character that 
I killed Diablo with the, you know, the final boss with five minutes. Um, and I just sort of spent, it was, I sort of had the, the, the game was just sort of on God mode and that's on expert. I had no more difficulty I could ramp the game up to. Um, and yeah, debating whether or not I want to play a new game plus on it where you do get another level of difficulty and you do get more hit points and there's an expansion with a, a necromancer and things. But yeah, I, it's, it was, it was great fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and it's a, it's a good game. You know, Diablo series is classic, isn't it? It's 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 just fun. No one cares about the storyline. It's just fun. You just blow things up. Um, I, I you know I had a fire breathing hydra. I I turned into a being of pure energy that shot Sith red laser beams out of myself. It's it's just it's just fun. Um, but yeah, it was it's. I do wish that you could ramp the difficulty up more than you can with it because if if I'm managing to to stand in fire healing quicker than I'm being injured defeating all bosses on the first try with a couple of minutes and also still talking to everyone in chat um your games are not quite hard enough um (laughs) so it was it was uh it was enjoyable but uh I would have liked a little more challenge from it um first time I played it through was years ago on the xbox co-op with with a friend this time I was playing it solo on on pc using steam or not steam uh battle.net and um yeah i i am um, it wasn't any harder with just me <laughs> so that was a bit like oh okay the one thing i hoped would be different would be that the game would actually be harder it's like i wanted to get rid of my npc companion just to, to mean that i you know could could hit more things myself um after that i've thrown myself into the stanley parable i don't know if you've ever played that i don't think i have no how about you, Robert? It's uh yeah, if you played it? No, I never got around to playing that. I I absolutely love it. Um it made me pull a lot of sort of confused faces as my brain melted into a puddle of existential dread, but I I'm really enjoying it. Um it's not a particularly long game in a number of ways. It's a it's an indie game that deconstructs tropes of storytelling within computer games by giving you a fourth wall breaking self-aware narrator who wants you to finish the game and you can defy the narrator and break everything. Hmm. Um, and there's a whole ton of different endings and things you can affect. And so the game in some ways is very small, but in other ways is quite big. Um, I played it for a couple of hours so far. It's probably only got, I, I probably will take another couple of hours to finish all the different endings and things. Although I suspect there's more secrets out there to find. Um, but it's a it's it's a beautiful example of deconstructed storytelling when when the narrator is going why why are you going that way wait you're you're not Stanley you're not you're not the character in this story you're a person playing a game and you're kind of like ah uh, I've been, I've been called out <laughs> you can do things like um one it wasn't spoil it to say but one of the endings of the game is at the very beginning of the game you you were an office and it says stanley leaves his office and if you don't leave the office and you just shut the door it says stanley decides he wasn't up to the task and he didn't want to go out there it's the end of the game (laughs) (laughs) you could literally not play um and they get weirder and more bizarre from from that point on uh, because there's all these points where you're given choices and sometimes the game doesn't want to give you the choice and starts taking away doors or restarting you to points and things like that so really really interesting and really pulls apart everything you know about games um i got that in the steam sale in a bundle with one of their other games called the beginner's guide which i'm told is more existential dread more depressing by a long shot because it doesn't have the humor this game has um and 
a little bit more linear. So I'm probably going to try that one as well. Uh, other than that, I've been throwing myself back into VR a little bit because hmm. I missed yeah, it horribly. Cool. So Beat Saber is something I adore. They've updated the game in recent months to make it um, slightly more difficult. The, the hits here, because Beat Saber is basically a, a rhythm game with lightsabers. You cut boxes with lightsabers in VR to music. It's a win instantly. Um, and they've, they've changed the mechanics a little bit on that. Plus the fan community making tunes for it is vast so there's always more songs to play and someone introduced me to a new one called audica um i don't know if you've heard of that one no yeah i, I no i like two or three podcasts ago i told you about that it's basically beat sabers with the uh, laser guns oh right yeah. yeah yeah it's uh it's harmonics the people that did dance central hmm. okay. so they've obviously moved from when they were working with the 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 poor doomed sad despite all its potential connect um which i loved and thought really had really could have gone somewhere but people kept using it just for gimmicks or nonsense and it it's yeah. sort of effectively non-existent now it's not even supported anymore is it and not really no which i thought was a massive shame um yeah. vr is better but not everyone can afford vr so it was a good a good middle ground and a, a good thing for party games and stuff as well but yeah so harmonics did the the best um connect game that i think we had which was the dance central series um they that then died a death because they ran into huge licensing issues because they had got all the licenses for the music they used for distribution on cd effectively and then everything went digital and they didn't have the license to do digital downloads of any of the previous tracks so then their new games couldn't utilize their existing libraries and it all kind of went a bit wrong um but they've now moved into moved into vr and yeah audica is a rhythm game with guns um that uh, another streamer i know was playing and i was like immediately tell me everything about this game and where <laughs> i get it because i i need to know yeah. um, like a cross between audio shield and beat saber um slightly more difficult and um because it's tiring on your arms you have to hold your arms out all the time so yeah. from a, a physical perspective it's slightly less it's a rhythm game but it's not a as much of a dancing game as beat saber but i still need to have it so that's next on my hit list i think what did you excuse me what did you say that second game was called stanley parable the, the one the stanley the, parable yeah, yeah. The, with the narrator that's some that sounded pretty interesting i might see if i can it's, uh... it's a it's a wonderful game and i spent a lot of the the anyone who'd played it before who was watching me play that on twitch they were just typing in just how much they were laughing at me because there's so many points where some of the endings are funny some of the bits are, are really enjoyable and fun to do, but some of the endings are really dark or really meta or really fourth wall breaking. And I spent a lot of the stream going, why is this happening? I need to play it again. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really looking forward to discovering all the endings because that's kind of one of the joy with it. It's just all right. the different things. And the, I can't remember off the top of my head the name of the um, narrator, but it is a, a reasonably prominent voice actor. Um and they are incredible. The, 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 it really makes the game, if you'd had the wrong narrator, because the narrator is more of a protagonist than you are in some ways, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it would be a completely different game. And I partly just like the fact that this entire game was originally a Half-Life 2 mod as well. Um, mm. I think that's kind of an interesting place for it to have to have come from. So I, I highly recommend the Stanley Parable. Yeah, I might look into uh, to getting that. That sounds. I, I like sort of you know different endings and uh, breaking the the fourth wall and stuff. I mean, the most recent um, example I can give, I think this was probably sometime late last year when I was playing Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid Two, 
and uh, when you're playing as uh, Raiden uh, near the end and you're getting calls from the sergeant whoever it is that is in charge and he's like why are you playing the game you should stop the playing uh, you, sh you should stop uh, p playing it and uh, saying things like um, oh you're wasting your time and, uh, and stuff like that it was uh, I mean that was very very Kojima-esque obviously it was uh, you know, mm. developed by Kojima and stuff but um, yeah I'd be interested to see how a game that doesn't involve him uh, kind of handles that that sounds uh, pretty interesting so yeah because it's the sole focus of it it's um, mm -hmm. makes it yeah everything in the game is tailored to those things and um the the narrator also um is quite sarcastic at you if you do things like hide in a broom cupboard it'll be like stanley stood in a broom cupboard for no reason he knew there was nothing to interact with here but sometimes he's just standing there i don't know why could someone please pass the mouse and keyboard some intelligent monkeys they'd be better than this player and you're kind of there like going, all right game i just wanted to see what would happen like i want to now i want to know what happens if i go back in the cupboard <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have to see which uh, platforms and stuff that's on. But um, there you go. Uh, so that's everything that the three of us, has been, the three of us rather, have been playing. Uh, I haven't been playing any Dreams or uh, Star Trek. Of course, like I said, I played too much Call of Duty, so I haven't played uh, the other two games. But uh, yeah, that's what we've that's what we've been uh, playing. Let's move in some housekeeping. We'll see you for that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today. Just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, Better Call Saul and Walking Dead, those two podcasts have gone out. Of course, Better Call Saul for Season 5, Episode 3, and The Walking Dead for Season 10, Episode 10. So if you've watched those two episodes, you can go and check out the podcast for those. Um, all four continuing my streaming service reviews. Uh, a, bit, a bit of a change this week, obviously, because I'm now moving into some of the free streaming services, which uh, all four is free, of course. Uh, it does still have to compete, though, of course, with everything else, uh, because it needs to compete for your time, but not so much for your money of course because it's free uh, but I went in and reviewed all four talked about their content side of things and then obviously in the second half of the podcast talked about the app and uh, some of the problems and uh, some of the good things that it has so there's that uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is going to be starting well in about an hour and a half from the recording this but uh, I'll be doing the podcast for episode one tomorrow of course the first episode for the podcast is out and that is for the season one preview explaining the coverage of the show talking about the show and all, all that sort of stuff uh, of course that is uh, Jane Levy or Levy uh, returning to the show uh, or to TV uh, United cast Man United drew 1-1 away to Everton in a struggle uh, of a 
of a game, but Bruno Fernandes was good as he's been for the last five matches. Uh, Man United play Derby tomorrow in the FA Cup, and uh, we'll see the return of Wayne Rooney. Not too Manchester United, he currently plays for Derby as a player manager, so that should be at least interesting. We'll see if we can get through, because Liverpool did not. So, uh, there's that. Uh, United, uh, sorry, uh, let's play Sundays for Call of Duty More Than Warfare. Then we've got uh, another film review, The Invisible Man, Elizabeth Moss, uh, stars in the Bloomhouse uh, remake of The Invisible Man, which was really good. Uh, Natasha wrote another article for Entertainment Talk uh, discussing her top 10 favourite Marvel characters. So if you're into your comic books, or even if you're not, uh, you can still check out the uh, her top 10 favourite uh, characters. Gaming Talk last week, we talked about the coronavirus, and because obviously it's a big thing right now, uh, and it obviously interrupted uh, either CDG or GDC. Which way around is that? I keep forgetting. Um, but GDC. GDC. Uh, it disrupted that, and of course it's disrupted packs, and it might disrupt the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and a whole bunch of other stuff and it also caused the delay of uh, James Bond today until November so there's that as well uh, we also talked about CD Projekt Red and uh, some more goodwill from them and we talked about the PS Plus games and games with gold games for March some of which you can now go and download um, so yeah that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's move into some news Um, Alright, I will uh, let you go first uh, this week, Robert. I was just trying to decide on the spot who should go first, but uh, what, do you, what, uh, what would you like to talk about uh, today, Robert? Uh, well, since you mentioned the coronavirus, mm. the full panic insanity of nothing continues after uh, all the other companies, uh, Blizzard, Microsoft, Amazon, and Epic Games had dropped out of the event because of concerns. Uh, GDC announced the full postponement of the entire series of the conference coming up, well, was to come up March 16th to 20th. Now it's not going to happen at all. Uh, This is just full insanity because, like I said in last week's podcast, yes, it is important to keep aware of those things, but also keep in mind that this is just noise and hype being drummed up for absolutely no reason. Over here in the states, the death count is up to eight, hmm. not like eight thousand eight hundred, like eight people. All that panic and eight people, and six of them were in a nursing home, and they were already sick. Right. So, right. it it's not the crazy insanity that some people are making it out to be. Yeah, I mean, we've all just got to get well. Not us. There's not much that we can specifically do but uh, get better control of uh, this whole thing and you know it's both gotten into you know delay of films now uh, gaming stuff with GDC and obviously just a bunch of other things as well um, I heard recently about I don't know if it's Disney World or Disneyland or what it's called these days uh, that was closed for like a day or something there's also this thing now where um Usually at the start of football matches, the manager, sorry, at the end of football matches, uh, the managers usually shake hands. There's usually uh, a thing at the start as well where all, all the 22 players will shake hands as they walk past each other. Uh, that's now been banned or it's been talked about being banned because of this virus. So uh, just in terms of gaming and in terms of lots of other different things in different mediums, uh, it's really causing uh, quite a stir, I think. So, um, Bex, what do you think of the coronavirus situation, I suppose? 
Um, it's a difficult one because yeah. I, it's always better to be overcautious rather than not. And I know there's been a lot of talk about um, access to, to testing and things being quite difficult to get hold of, even by people who are reasonably high risk and stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess things have to be on the on on the more on the more cautious side. We've had a few uh, businesses and, and buildings and gatherings and stuff already kind of cancelled near me and stuff. And I, I kind of understand it. And I think it's all I guess it's like one of those things with the, the millennium bug. Um, <laughs> if, if you do all of the, the things to, to have all those precautions, which people think are massively over the top, then there's no problem and nothing goes wrong. And people think those precautions weren't necessary. But you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll probably continue to see more things get either delayed and or cancelled or, or whatever. Uh, there was recently PAX East, wasn't there? And uh, there there was like a limited showing there of, of different people. Obviously, in the last couple of weeks, we talked about Naughty Dog and PlayStation uh, pulling out of the event. So there was no Last of Us stuff there uh, and no Sony stuff. Uh, what's good games still to go, like we said um, last week and stuff? There was uh, some photos and that. They've actually added someone to their team. Uh, what's good games i don't quite know who she is yet because i haven't looked into it but uh yeah um yeah, it'll be nice if people stop sort of saying they're not going to drink corona beer <laughs> right. yeah that one's annoying that that's yeah. just kind of like that's, the, that's just the, very you're like i'm not sure if these are jokes or not i'm not sure if this kind of joke is appropriate or not and i'm not even sure it's a joke so i'm just going to keep scrolling on my twitter feed yeah there's there has been a couple of things you know when you go to reply to a tweet on twitter and you're like I probably shouldn't send this, so I'm not going to. Um, this happened a, a few times recently. There's people have said uh, similar things, and I've had possible jokes prepared, but not tweeted them. Uh, I've f- forgotten what all the masses. No use anybody asking me what they were. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know, even in a a bad situation like this where people are dying and getting sick, people do still like to make jokes, unfortunately. But um, mm. well, it's yeah. a coping mechanism and things as much as anyone else. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it's it's. I think I think I was just more worried because I wasn't sure the comments about beer were jokes. Mm. Well, see, that's the sad thing is you can't really tell what's a joke and what's not anymore because we're all just gotten that silly. Mm. Yeah, I, I can I can only hope that um, yeah, things things get better and um. The, the situation becomes um, a non-situation in in the future, and uh, yeah, things can get back to get back to normal for everyone affected. Mm-hmm. There's also some talk um, earlier this week about like E3 still probably going to go ahead. E3 is going to be in June, of course, usually around the the tenth or so. Um, but we'll see in the coming months um, whether or not that gets affected as well. So. Um, yeah, everyone stay safe and all that sort of stuff, uh, and um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens, what else this uh, particular virus affects. Uh, but Robert, what else do you have to talk about today? Well, on a slightly better note, the mm. annual Dota 2 World Championship Tournament, known as the International, is one of the biggest esports tournaments around, and Valve has announced that they're going to do an Olympic-style, basically, SETI search for hosting the next event. Uh, now, this is on a quick turnaround on the off chance that you're a mayor, you happen to know a mayor that's interested in holding an E-League tournament. You only have until the end of March to get your proposals in. Uh, the request for proposals provides a quick history of Valve, Dota 2, and the other international itself. And the, cl- the scale of the event, uh, it cites economic benefits for hosting it, uh, roughly adding $7.6 million to the local economy. 
Um, but the recommendations are a modern indoor stadium, you know, space for ancillary events, hotel space for upwards of 30,000, which, okay, that's ambitious, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, fiber network connectivity, which is going to obviously limit a lot of cities. Uh, proximity to an international a- uh, airport and a strong local transportation system. Hopefully not those dumbass scooters. Yeah, hopefully not. So, <laughs> um, so this, yeah, I, it's interesting. We just talked about like um, events and stuff and how the virus is affecting different things. Um, I'm surprised that wasn't part of the story you just you just mentioned because I was I was almost waiting for you to kind of bring that up in a way. But uh, so they're looking for new host. You said. Okay. Yeah, it's basically they're looking for a host city. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so what do you think of this? Uh, I think it's interesting in the fact that, you know, it, it's willing to travel. I honestly couldn't tell you where it's been hosted before. Mm. Um, I live in Indianapolis, so I'm used to literally everything being here at some point or another. Right. Uh, Indianapolis has hosted Pan Am Olympics, uh, NFL Super Bowls, pretty much any college, university uh, basketball tournament on some level from some anything is here literally every single year uh gen cons here every year and that averages 50 to seventy thousand people depending on it so that's you know for me that's nothing new for some places that might be a little bit of a a woe shock but other than that you know it is what it is Mm -hmm. uh bex any thoughts on this at all uh, it sounds like a reasonably cool idea. Um, and if you're moving um, esports into something where you know cities are pitching to host them in the same way as they do with um, more traditional sporting events, I think that can only be a good thing for the community. Cool. Um, yeah. It, it hopefully, all uh, just hope that it all works out. Uh, that's what we can uh, hope for in in this day and age. So, um, what else did you want to talk about, Robert? Uh, well, Kojima Productions has mm-hmm. added Jay Bohr as its new global head of marketing and communications. Uh, Bohr has had 20 years' experience in the video game industry, having previously held to- different department heads at Riot Games, Konami, Sega, 2K, and Codemasters. At Kojima Productions, he'll be asked with leading marketing and communication efforts for the company's product portfolio, as well as playing a strategic role in the development of the studio's global presence. Uh, this is an interesting hire because I honestly thought that after Death Stranding, Kojima Productions might not make any more games. I mean, yeah. it's been pretty clear that they want to make um, movies from all the people they've hired, from all the people that uh, um, Kojima has hobnobbed with, with uh, Guillermo del Toro and uh, um, uh, all the other people that he, he pulled in for Death Stranding. It, Everything just kind of shows like he wants to be a movie producer. Yeah, so. I, I was kind of thinking a little bit about Death Stranding in terms of you know the gameplay is great and all that. I I, re- I enjoyed my time with it. My was it forty seven hours I think with it, um, which you know I'm, like I said I'm not going to platinum because apparently it takes like a hundred something hours. Uh, but you know I, I finished the game and and moved on and enjoyed it. Um, I kind of wonder if you took Death Stranding and let's and let's say you made um, I don't know maybe, maybe you made that like a fifty hour episode like tv series. i think there's a way you can maybe make that like a tv series or something like if you took all the all the cutscenes and stuff because to be honest most of the gameplay for that game is you just going across the world delivering stuff and uh you could possibly like cut some of that out as well but uh 
Uh, I keep seeing the. Uh, this is something I want to talk about as well. Seeing as we're on the subject of Kojima, I keep seeing these rumors about like, oh, Konami's considering making Silent Hill, and Kojima's going to be the developer. I I don't even under. I mean, rumors are rumors. People like to you know make rumors to get clicks and stuff like that, and and clickbait and all that sort of stuff. And I've given my. Uh, thoughts on all that but I just don't understand how that's even possible because first of all in order for them to make I mean a good Silent Hill game they're going to need Kojima and there's no way that Kojima's going to work with Konami like ever again and he doesn't need to because he's just worked with Sony and made this really great game and uh, well he has his own production company so what would he even need uh, Konami 4 but uh, yeah I mean yeah we'll probably not see that but um, yeah in terms of this uh, you said he was for social media marketing this guy that uh, has joined the team yeah, a bit of that, a little bit of just, you know, being in charge of global marketing. I'm sure social media would be a part of it. Yeah. Although I don't think he's going to be the one in charge of the Twitter account. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because, you know, he could probably tweet about a game once a month and do some weird tweet with a video, very Kojima-esque, and uh, that's all the marketing you'd need for Kojima Productions, I think. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see how this guy gets on. And like you said, yeah, with Death Stranding out, obviously it's going to be out on PC soon. I can't remember the exact date, but it's going to be out on PC soon. Um, whether or not he makes another game or a film or whatever he does next, it's probably going to take another couple of years anyway, at least. So, we'll see what it comes out with. Um, Bex, what do you think of uh, Kojima Productions and Kojima? I think it sounds like a, a logical step. Um, I mean, anyone who didn't like the game just was because they called it a walking simulator. Um, mm. It's it's always been, and it, it's it's very apparent with that game that narrative drive and exploring the the sort of motivations of characters and the world and things is the main focus. Um, I don't I don't know if if that is something that will translate directly into kind of films and productions in that sense, but. I mean, as we were talking about VR earlier, I think it would be very interesting if they were to start directing sort of semi-interactive movies in VR or something which would combine all of the, the elements that he really works well with. So I think it's a, it's an interesting step um, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking about like, whether it's a game or a film or whatever, you put Kojima and VR together, what what weird madness... <laughs> out of that, I mean, he's, I mean, even with a, a normal game that's outside of VR, he already makes some uh, weird, wacky stuff. Weird, weird, weird and wonderful is the way how I'd, I'd always like to describe him because he does do some weird stuff, but he's a wonderful person and he makes uh, wonderful stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, you put uh, you put him in charge of making a VR game, and uh, you're going to get quite something that you've not. Yeah, because it seems to be immersion is such an important factor. So I'm kind of surprised they haven't already started working on something in vr can you imagine if they'd made a version of death stranding in in, in vr and oh gosh, yeah. and uh, or something designed specifically for it with branching narrative choices and things that would probably combine because like doing a, a film or or something like that almost seems like a step away from what they're trying to achieve because they've made a game which is almost like an interactive film in some ways yeah. so i'm wondering if I don't know. Maybe they'd want to do something going even further into the immersion and 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 go the VR route. But I don't know. It's um, it'll be interesting to see in in a year's time. Like there'll be something come out, and you know this will be kind of a prophetic bit of podcasting where they'll be like, oh my god, they've made a game, and basically <laughs> now no one leaves their house because they're playing it for seventy hours solid, um, and the entirety of society may collapse. We'll see. Yep, we'll see what he comes out with <laughs> in an undetermined amount of time. 
so um, there we go but uh, like always I like a lot of stuff that Kojima's done and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next so but it won't be Silent Hill and it won't be anything Konami related because I don't see a possible situation where they work together that's just uh, bizarre but um, that would have to be a lot of zeros on the end of that check a, a, a lot yeah it would have to yeah Quite, it would have to be quite something, given how badly that relationship ended. Uh, me- mostly, you know, for, through Konami's fault. But, uh, it, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've discussed that uh, quite a few times before. But um, we'll see what the future holds, I guess, for Konami and for Kojima. But not together. So, because um, like Robert said, they'd probably have to, yes, offer a lot of zeros and probably a lot of nines. They'd have to just hand stuff. the pen and be like, write the zeros <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah, you, you can tell <laughs> us how much you want. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, Robert, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, speaking on social media, back in February, Kotaku reported that a planned Star Wars Battlefront spinoff game at Respawn had been cancelled. Um, and I also reported that there were other Star Wars games in development. Well, we've had the official leak of one of those games through a PSN release Twitter bot account. And that is the actual name of the Twitter account is at PSN release. And it's basically just an account whenever something hits whatever flag that uh, triggers it, sends out an auto tweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, the tweet says the game Maverick has been added to the European PSN. And it's just an image of a fleet of X-Wings going at a Star Destroyer in like a red hellish landscape of destruction. It's very black and red and noir looking uh but apparently uh star wars project maverick is now semi-official official uh because this game has uh, been confirmed in development at ea motive which i don't know which um one that is it doesn't say which uh city that branches out of but that's who's developing it uh, no obviously no timeline no uh listing or anything like that but uh, that is officially now a star wars game yeah it's been a it's been a roller coaster of relationship this whole ea star wars uh and disney uh, i suppose as well um just I, I mean if you look at fallen order and you think okay why can't you do that more um and then you look at yeah you look at the stark difference between uh, i mean battlefront 2 is basically a completely different game for well not completely different but it's been significantly changed since its launch but you look at how you look at the mess of battlefront 2 when it launched and battlefront 1 but more so with battlefront 2 and then you look at fallen order this really great you know no i'll just say no greed attached for lack of better quick phrasing um no greed attached kind of single player story driven you've got this interesting protagonist or three interesting <laughs> protagonists one of them's you know uh, vo- uh, voice captured and also uh, um mocap and all that sort of stuff by uh, Cameron Monaghan he does a really great job and you think okay how how does the same kind of company make these two I mean I mean Fallen Order to me did kind of happen probably because of all the backlash for Battlefront 2 but it was probably already you know in development and stuff there was probably some changes made but uh yeah, every, every six months or a year or so you hear like, hey, there was this Star Wars game at uh, EA that was cancelled. And everyone's like, oh, you know, it's, it's another one that's gone. Because, I mean, they've had they've had more cancelled games than released games because they've, what, released three games so far? It's been Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2, and uh, Fallen Order. Um, so, and they've had the license for, was it seven years or something? They've, they've had it for quite a while. Uh, and that, that's pretty much what they've come out with. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the yeah, and at the end of the day, if they come out with the Fallen Order two, and it's just as good as the first one, and you know, updated 
graphics and gameplay and that sort of thing, presumably on PS5 and Series X, uh, then that should be pretty good. But um, yeah, it's a it's a funny relationship that whole Star Wars EA one. So, um, what do you think of the specs? Um, I kind of hope that EA can recover from their reputation. I mean, they just basically became a joke yeah. as a company. They went from being such an important company and games developer um, to just kind of being a meme. Um, and I think that, you know, th- things can change. Companies aren't necessarily inherently evil. They change who's in charge. The people working there have changed. The people making those games are putting their all in and hopefully they have learned their lessons and Fallen Order is a sign of things to come and the direction they're going to go in from from now on because it's a it's it's a gorgeous game and um I just hope they sort of they they've learned and we get more things like that um because they have that license they they're the only ones that can make make these for us so hopefully um it gets better from now on yeah, I wonder how much Disney regrets signing that deal now. Now that I mean, Disney's had their own, you know, raging success box office and whatever else. Um, but I wonder if they kind of look back and think, man, we could we could have done better with the the video game side of Star Wars. Uh, I don't know. It depends the how they're looking at the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that as well. But um, um, it's a difficult. That is, it's a franchise that has so much weight attached to it. The fandom yeah. for Star Wars is really really rabid at times they are so protective over the license they feel such ownership over it because a lot of them it defined their childhood it defined for a lot of people a a, a large chunk of their lives and it's so big that if you set a foot wrong with it that has a really big ripple impact across so many other things and with this whole single canon interconnected stuff and and they have to effectively wreck on anything that doesn't go well um there's there's just so many more eyes on it i think if ea had made the same mistakes with a different license Mm. it it wouldn't have mattered so much the game would have just gone into obscurity and something else would have would have come up but because they made their mistakes with the star wars thing that (laughs) yeah that's not where you want to make your mistakes but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll be more, more Fallen Order games, and and um, it, it they they have uh, moved, they've taken one big step in the right direction. Let's hope they carry on full pelt in that direction. Yeah, we'll see what obviously happens and and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully we get a Fallen Order too, and uh, hopefully it's as good. Well, hopefully it's better, of course, than than the first one. Uh, but I, I very much did. You play it then, the uh, Fallen Order game, Bex? I've played a little bit. I don't. I don't have the correct system. I don't have a modern console at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, so that that's been a, a somewhat um, thwarting. Uh, like I haven't played the Final Fantasy VII demo because I don't have a PS4, which is making me very very sad. Um, but I have friends with these consoles, so I've played around with them. And one of my friends streamed the entirety of Fallen Order, so I have backseat drove a lot of that game. <laughs> uh, but I would like to play it through myself as well. Um, if, when I finished having my existential dread crisis with uh, the Stanley Parable, it's definitely on the list of things I would love to play. It's got lightsabers. It's a win for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert, how about you with the uh, EA Star Wars stuff? I'll play it at some point. I just have other things on my plate right now, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. Um, uh, uh, what else do, do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about is going into VR. If you're a big fan of VR and you're looking for something new to play, something new is coming out relatively soon. 
Valve announced that Half-Life Alex will be releasing on March 23rd on Steam. Canonically, it is set between the episode between Half-Life and Half-Life 2, so sadly no episode 4 or whatever that was at the beginning of when that was a thing back in the day. Uh, the story is of an impossible fight against a vicious alien race known as the Combine, uh, playing as Alex Vance, your humanity's last chance for survival. Along with a VR headset to play the game, you can pre-purchase now for $54. Uh, pre-order bonuses uh, have already started, which includes the Steam VR home environment inspired by locations in the game. Uh, so I'm not a VR guy. I've gone on record as saying is I don't dislike VR. It's just one of those things that until it either gets way cheaper or way less cumbersome with the headset and nine zillion cables all over the place. Yeah, no. it's just going to be a pass for me. Yeah, uh, I I feel feel you on the uh, cable side of things. So, um, yeah, I mean it's coming out the day before both Disney Plus for the UK and Sacred Symbols uh, video game, which we'll talk about in in a little bit. But um, I mean this isn't going to be something I'm going to be jumping into just because I'm not in the whole Half Life fan base thing. I I never played uh, you know the the other ones and that sort of thing. Um, so, but like we've already said, if, uh, you know, you get more of a, a genre or a franchise or whatever that you like and it's good, hopefully this game is good, um, then, uh, that's great for those, uh, fans, those players. So, what about you, Bex, for Half-Life? Uh, I want to replay back through the whole series before I play anything more. I, I want to go through and ex- experience it all from, because I haven't played those games in such a long time. I think they're going on my list of things I need to to start from the start again. Hmm. Okay. Wait, when did that come out? The last episode? Because I remember there was one with the, with the orange box. A wasn't there? very long time ago. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't even know if I. How many have we had so far? I've... Is it two? Because there's Half Life episode two. Uh, two episode something, wasn't there? Yeah, Half-Life 2, Episode 2, uh, release date, October 10th, 2007. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. <laughs> that was a while ago. Yeah, um, cool. So, uh, yes, we'll see if this Half-Life game is any good. Um, I'm sure reviews and whatnot will come out in the coming weeks. And uh, we'll keep an eye on things. Um, so you said that's the last thing you had to talk about, Robert? Yeah, that's the last one I got. Uh, well, while we were all talking, uh, some Call of Duty information came out, and I am fairly confused as somebody who plays this game because I don't know why this is being added. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare's wearable virtual pet kit, uh, so, sorry, virtual pet is uh, bonkers. This is from Pushsquare.com. Um, there is a video, I won't play it here, I'll, I'll watch it a bit later. Um, but it looks like a Tamagotchi in Call of Duty. And I don't think while people are shooting at me and I'm trying to aim at people, I need to take care of a Tamagotchi because it's stressful enough. Well, and now I'm... you do. This is this is how they've added. This is how they've ramped up the difficulty level. You'll be trying yeah. to headshot someone, Jeez. and this thing in your pocket's gonna beep, and you'll be like, "Damn, I need to, I need to feed my small dinosaur or something." I yeah. can't. Do, do I do this headshot or do I do with this beeping? It would certainly add a whole new level of stress to the game. Yeah, so I don't know functionally how this is going to work, because uh, as I was uh, about to say, um, it's stressful enough when you're in cyber attack and it's 6v1 and you're the last one alive, and you can't revive your teammates because they're too far away, and uh, 
you get hit marker on someone and then you can't, <laughs> you know, and then you add a Tamagotchi into that mix. It's uh, the stress. It's like when you were in school mm. and your Tamagotchi was going to die, but it was the middle of a test or something or the middle of um, an, an announcement and assembly. So you weren't allowed to do anything about it. It's mm-hmm. adding that, that nostalgic terrifying stress um because when tamagotchis die it affects you for life um it, it affected me way more than i thought it would um as as a child so i think it, it it's a mix of nostalgia and um a terrible difficulty level ramp that um that that couldn't be achieved any other way it's uh, either um some kind of early april fools announcement or a complete stroke of genius I'm just trying to work out from this article I'm reading whether this is a thing outside of the game that you wear or if it's something in-game. But it says on this article, as far as in-game cosmetics go, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare may have just taken the crown expanding the title's roster of wristwatches. Because you, you can actually get different wristwatches where you can like check the time, you can check your uh, rank, and you can check, I think, your health or something as well. There's there's different watches that you can wear. So you understand them, like how much health you've got and, and things like that. Um, and there's a couple of other things that you can check, like your rank and stuff. But um, yeah, because it says in-game cosmetics, which mean your means your character would wear it as opposed to you wearing it. So yeah. well, now you've got that. Um, <laughs> you've got a pet in-game. The only other watch they're missing is one that directly hooks up to your WhatsApp and Facebook messages and Twitter account, and then you basically never need to leave again. Mm, yeah. So. Um, yeah, expanding the title's roster of wrist wrist watches is the Tamagotchi, a fully fledged uh, Tamagotchi-esque virtual pet that you need to feed, clean, and interact with all while in the heart of battle. So yeah, it is in the game, then, <laughs> isn't it? There's also, a... Tamagotchi is a brand name, so it means presumably they're using that as the brand, and they have actually made some kind of deal yeah. to to do that. Maybe. Um, but yeah, all while in the heat of battle, while you're trying to not get shot at uh there's a there's a particularly um there's just a joke written here there's a particularly potty mouthed uh 12 year old who's going to uh rule rule the day uh who spent uh 1000 quad points on this because obviously you can probably buy it in the game as well just like any virtual pet the better you look after it the more it'll grow uh completing actions within the game's multiplayer will boost the rate at which uh you're mounted Critter evolves and developer Infinity Wards teasing uh, various secrets which the community is currently busy trying to unearth. It's all surprisingly deep and while it may be um, pricey in terms of in-game quad points but I'm assuming you can unlock it in probably the battle pass as well uh, if, if you get there. Uh, this is the kind of microtransaction that uh, we, it says we can get behind. That's all from Push Square. Uh, now I'm just confused. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so it doesn't say when it when it uh, will be out and stuff, but uh, that's not uh, quite one of the things I expected to be added to the game. I've I've got to be honest with that. Oh gosh, I'm just so confused <laughs> as to why, like, how that's even going to work. Um, I mean, you you think you've had ragey players in the game now? Just wait until this gets released. So um, yeah, we'll see how on earth that works. Uh, I'll, watch, I'll watch the video after the podcast and I'll maybe tweet something about it but I'm not going to watch the video while we're doing the podcast So yeah, you just need to find a way to make other people's Tamagotchis need taken care of and then you can headshot them it's going to add a whole new yeah. type of dynamics, hack people's watches from a distance and make their pet need need cleaning or something and they might put that sniper gun down for just that one second <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting choice and I'm going to do some investigating to see if it's really like they have teamed up with 
Bandai to to do it and what the connections are there. Interesting. Mm. Yes, I'm just very confused. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Robert, what do you think of this confusing madness? Uh, well, I've never understood games that were more of a job than entertainment. Because <laughs> taking care of that pet is, is a full-time job. I never technically had one, but I have a lot of cousins, and they had some of them, and I'd see them. That's the thing. Oh, I gotta feed my Tamagotchi. Oh, I gotta do this. Oh, I gotta do that. And I'm just like, I can see that as, like, from a weird behavioral science kind of study, like some kind of abstract, esoteric thing to where you make people be better people by making them take care of our digital pets so that way you're not actually risking an actual life form. But outside of that, I'm just... The only time I've ever been this confused is when we had that story a while back with the uh, the uh, romance simulator where you had to romance Colonel Sanders with Kentucky <laughs> Fried Chicken. Yeah. yeah. Not the weirdest one I've seen. <laughs> oh, not the weirdest one I've seen, but the weirdest one that we could talk about on the show and still keep a PG rating. <laughs> mm, yeah so but yes i suppose i'll be looking after a little animal soon once i uh get back to that game so anyway let's move on from that confusing madness um and that's not even from kojima so uh speaking of all four which i talked about a little bit earlier uh all four has of course got the box set for samurai jack and uh, the reason i want to talk about that is because there's a samurai jack video game being uh developed uh, it's going to be coming to nintendo switch xbox one and ps4 in the summer of 2020 and it's basically there was like a minute uh, a minute little sort of video last week uh, this was actually i think this came out after we posted the podcast last week or, or at least after i edit it and post it and all that um but yeah it basically looks like a sort of 3d open world ish we're not quite sure but a hack and slash kind of game and uh, i am going to try it because it looks interesting i need to watch the show at some point but there are just loads of other things to watch just as we discussed on uh, me and david discussed on geek town earlier this week but um yeah have ever uh, bex have you seen samurai jack at all yeah, I used to love Samurai Jack, <laughs> so I, I'm interested to see it um, be be created in in an, in another media, in another form, and see if that can actually capture the the humour and things of the of the mm. cartoon series. So, yeah, it's not one I actually knew about. This is actually kind of news to me. Telling me this, so I'm kind of like, oh, this is now something I need to run off and, and Google once we finish the podcast because I think that's quite interesting. And it isn't something I saw coming either. They got. I know there was talk of a new series a while ago. I wonder if it's connected to that or if this is something separate. I think last year they had the... It came back for like a final season or something, didn't it? And mm, that, that was yeah. aired. Uh, I think all that season as well is part of the box set that's on uh, all four. So I think it's on Adult Swim in the US, uh, as far as I remember. So, um, Robert, how about you? Have you seen this, the series at all, Samurai Jack? Oh, yeah. I was a huge fan when that was... Uh... Back in the day when that was actually on air, mm-hmm. it just kind of fell off my radar for a while. I could have swore there was already a game about Samurai Jack, Probably although there is, might have just I been think. like an attempted one and it just never went anywhere. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean that's the kind of franchise where like, I mean it's very action heavy. You know, there's a, there's a decent story there. Samurai Jack himself is a you know kind of interesting protagonist, so it's uh, it's one that's pretty suitable for a game uh, obviously with all the action stuff and that so um we'll see what that is like did you manage to see the trailer robert that was released last no. released last week okay um but yeah there's like a 1 minute 1 minute sort of uh, announcement video but uh, if you have a ps4 
Xbox One or Switch, uh, you'll be able to play that in the summer. I don't know if there's been a date officially announced yet, but probably May, June-ish or something. So, um, look forward to that. So, uh, you'll be able to play, of course, the game and watch the series on all four and on Adult Swim. Um, do you have to pay for that, Adult Swim, in the US? How's that uh, work? Uh, no and yes. I mean, you have to pay for it <laughs> because you have to have a cable subscription. Yeah. Um, but it's usually part of most cable subscription packages. Hmm. So if you get any package, odds are you'll have that channel past that. I don't think there's like an on-demand service for it that's like separate from a cable package like there is for HBO and Showtime and ESPN and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can see it outside of a cable package. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we'll see if that is any good in the summer of 2020. Um, speaking of pre-orders, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I want to mention it fully. Uh, pre-orders are now live for uh, Colin and Chris's uh, Sacred Symbols video game. Of course, we talked about this last week. They had announced the release date and stuff, and they'd shown... There's only a little uh, trailer out there, but it's basically a, a brick breaker. Brick breaker, rather. Uh, Sacred Symbols adventure. I think that's the sort of full name of it. But, um, yeah, it's launching on March 24th, which, like I said, is the day after that Half-Life game comes out, and on the same day as Disney Plus for the UK. Uh, so lots of things are going to be happening in the last week of uh, of March I suppose uh, also Quiet Place is out on the 20th I want to say yeah I think the 20th so uh, it's going to be a busy end for the month um, but uh, Bex have you played many sort of um, Twin Breakers kind of games before? Twin Breaker um, uh, b- Brick Breaker like Arachnoid oh, Brick Breaker like sorry that. yeah that's what I meant to say Brick Breaker games just like as in the old school type ones there was one I was playing a little while ago there was one I was playing a little while ago that was an update on one hmm. <laughs> How about you, Robert? Have you played uh, any of those types of games before? Oh, that goes back to my to my youth. Not mm. to your youth, but no. to my youth <laughs> in video games. Like, I cut my teeth on Pong. That kind of shows you how old I am. But yeah, Pong, Arachnoid, games like that, those are my bread and butter. So I'm actually kind of curious to see how, that, how well that interprets in a modern era. Yeah. Because on the surface, you think it wouldn't, but you never know. Hmm. Did you manage to look up what you were looking up, Bex? Yeah, one second. Try to try and remember the name of it. It was a it was a cool indie game, which was an updated brick breaker type thing that is exactly like in this kind of area. I don't remember when I interviewed. But yes, that's the the pre-orders have gone live. They have said that um, there's no. Uh, what would you call it when you pre-install a digital game? I've forgotten. The, uh, I think it's called pre-install. It's, they, they've both said that that's not currently available, but you can pre-order the uh, physical versions of because uh, it's on PS Vita and PS4 um, and they also got in touch with I think it's Play Asia something Asia um, the the the, the, the uh, developers of the game and stuff and uh, they, ba- they basically said about because there was going to be a limit of like a thousand um, physical copies and now they said that that's uh, not an issue anymore so I guess there'll be unlimited copies of that game uh, I think uh, I'm gonna to clarify it. to clarify Ooh, it's I found unlimited it. cut Go ahead, Dex. Uh, yeah, obviously I played like various Brick Breaker games. Like uh, in my youth, they were one of those things that you'd kind of discovered on PCs when PCs sort of became a thing that you could play. Um, so they've always got a lot of nostalgia and stuff. There was a game I was playing a little while ago called um, Carombol, which was a kind of updated Brick Breaker game um, where you, you you sort of played with the physics and also the 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 sort of little unit that was you, you could you could change it and move around a 3D environment. So it kind of like almost wanted to mix sort of elements of platforming with traditional 
Brick Breakers, which was kind of cool. So I'm interested to see if more games are uh, are doing that because ret- retro and is becoming very much um, prominent again. So maybe now is the time that we bring back the uh, Brick Breakers. We shall see. What was you about to say, Robert? Oh, I said uh, for clarification, the PS4 release is not going to have a limit on the physical copies. The Vita release will have a limit of 1,000, but that's just because Sony does not make those storage devices anymore for true. the PS Vita. Yeah, yeah, because obviously they have the they cut out the uh, production of that, didn't they? But um, yeah, they killed the Vita a while ago. Yep. So <laughs> there's that. But uh, yes, you'll be able to get that on the 24th of March. Um, What's the other thing? Uh, Marvel Future Revolution. This, to me, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, it's a new mobile game. There's a trailer out there. I think there's some gameplay stuff, but I haven't looked too deep into that. I saw a little, like, menu gameplay kind of thing where you're selecting from different characters. Uh, it looks like there's a bit of uh, multiverse stuff going on because there's two different versions of Spider-Man. There's two different versions of Captain Marvel. And uh, Doctor Strange is there, like, opening portals. So I think he's doing some... Uh, multiverse kind of stuff in this game um i mean due to the i mean i don't really want to play a mobile game but i'm I'll, i guess i'll give this a, a try because it looks sort of interesting um i'm just very kind of like okay really is this what like uh, i'm just sort of i don't know it's not quite what, what i want from uh marvel games uh i've talked at length before about you know how disney owns a billion different properties and they should take some uh advantages with you know making some uh, different uh, games from some of those properties and stuff uh, I, I think I did a, yeah I did a specific podcast a couple of weeks ago about like why isn't there more Disney video games and stuff but uh, this is not quite what I was uh, talking about I was more talking about you know stuff like the um, I mean Marvel Spider-Man for PS4 you've got the Avengers game coming out Iron Man VR those are more kind of the things that I was looking for so I mean if you're a mobile game player if you you know, tend to play games on your on your phone and that then this might be good for that but uh apparently this is like actually a sequel to something else as well i was reading a little bit about that and uh, a lot of people seem to be happy the game was back so like we've always kind of said you know if a, if a game comes back or more of a game that you like is is out there and the next edition or version is good then uh, that's great but this isn't quite um in the wheelhouse of games that i'd like to play so we'll just see how it goes it, it might be really good and maybe i'll play it but um Robert, what do you think of a new Marvel uh, mobile, ga- mobile game? Uh, I would definitely have to know more about it. Mm. More specifically, yeah. is this going to be like a, a turn-based combat game? Is it going to be like a pseudo-open-world scavenger game? Is it going to be an endless runner? There's a lot of things that it could be. Until I find, it out, I find out what it is, I don't think I'm going to really have the time to invest in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Bex, for Marvel games and that sort of thing? Uh, for me, it depends if it actually is a full-on Marvel game or if it's a generic turn-based strategy that's just got a nice license attached to it. Because mm. um, we saw things like that. I mean, there was um, the Dark Crystal had a mobile game that sort of came out in conjunction with the uh, the TV series, and it was just a tactics game that had nothing to do with the narrative of the series. So I think I'm a little bit skeptical sometimes when things are coming out on mobile, which is. Mm. Some sometimes valid, sometimes not. But I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I would like to be proven wrong, but yeah, I need to see more details before I know whether or not I'm interested. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, mobile games can be a, a tricky uh, market, and uh, you know th- those games are primed for 
microtransactions and things. I remember about a year ago there was this Harry Potter game that came out and basically at certain story points, or not even at certain story points, at certain random points in the game, it would say you can either wait like a few hours or whatever to progress forward or pay money and progress forward and it would literally just pause the game every... I don't know if it was five, ten minutes, or an hour, or or something. But uh, Jim Sterling did a video on that last year. I was just kind of thinking about that because of uh, mobile games and stuff. But uh, hopefully, it isn't anything like that because that didn't go down very well. So uh, we shall see. But like I said, Disney's got a ton of properties, and uh, it'd be great to play some uh, video games with them particular properties. So we will see what the future holds. Obviously, we're going to get, uh, like I said, the uh, Avengers game from Square Enix. We're probably going to get, you know, 99% sure we're going to get a sequel to Spider-Man. Uh, Iron Man VR is going to be out, I think that's in May or something. I've forgotten certain release dates. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be out fairly soon. And um, that's what we've got at the moment. So uh, we'll see how things go. Uh, that's everything that we've got for the news. Let's move into some emails. Of course, you can send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever, about video games, things that you're playing, news that's recently been announced, all that sort of stuff. And, of course, get in contact with Entertainment Talk, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter E Talk UK. There's the contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Casey says, how do you feel about microtrans- microtransactions will be dealt with in the next gen? So she's, of course, talking about the Series X and PlayStation 5 and whatever Nintendo decides to do eventually uh, things seem to have gone slightly quieter lately um, I agree that they've gone perhaps slightly quieter, I can't remember the last like major news story we sort of talked about or whatever, with like really egregious sort of microtrans- microtransactions and stuff um, so maybe it's gone slightly quiet but I don't, uh, I doubt that that um, particular practice is dead because obviously um, it's uh, quite a profit- profitable one so uh, we'll see how that's dealt with um, for me I mean I-, I guess it depends what games you really get like if you've got something like a Fallen Order or a Spider-Man that doesn't have microtransactions and more, more story driven based things like The Last of Us and uh, whatever else is going to come out you know like Horizon Zero Dawn 2 probably won't have any of them um, I think it's just going to depend what sorts of games we maybe get in the next gen if we get more things like you know Division or some of those more live service games you might have some microtransactions tied to those because those games are more sort of primed for them not saying you can't have microtransactions in single player games because we've certainly seen that before I think that um, what was that Lord of the Rings game called Shadow of uh Mordor. Mordor and Shadow Shadow of War was the other one, I think. Um, mm-hmm. that, that had some pretty bad stuff with like the orcs and things like that. So hopefully we don't see too much more of that, but I doubt that uh, we've seen the end of it. Um, Robert, how do you think that that will be dealt with um, in the next generation? Well, like I've always said, I don't care about microtransactions as long as they're just skins and they don't affect, actually affect the game. Mm-hmm. And Epic Games is a perfect example of that because... They've made like one point. What was it? One point eight billion last year. Some billion off of yeah. uh, Fortnite, <laughs> and there's no pay to win in Fortnite. You don't get better guns or anything like that. You just get more skins, mm. and people are paying that amount of money insanely worldwide for skins just for that game, and it doesn't affect the gameplay at all. And that I'm okay with. And I'm not. I've never cared about microtransactions for like smaller mobile games for when it's like a small tier company. You know, it's you know one, two, three, maybe four people just starting out. They have to put their game for free out and hope enough people will do microtransactions. I don't mind spending my money on that, but you know when it's a, a massive company like Gears, um, EA, somebody like that that doesn't need the money, that puts that kind of predatory loot boxing into it, that's when I ha- start having issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bex, how do you feel about all this? 
Um, I don't mind there being additional things you can purchase for a game as long as they are not essential and they're not interrupting the game. I, I prefer when it, you're buying skins and expansions and additional optional extras. Um, I do know that I learned a little reasonably recently that um, for kids in school at the moment that play Fortnite, um, that it's actually a insult to be called default because it means you haven't purchased a skin. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of societal pressure with these microtransactions on young people that probably shouldn't be there. So I don't like it for for that reason predominantly. Um, but it's a it's a tricky one because it's a it's kind of a natural move forward for these companies to keep gaining revenue, especially on games that are servers you're playing on that are running for sometimes years at a time. Um, I'm interested to see how it develops. I think we've had lots of missteps happen in this particular area and hopefully it kind of balances out to a happy medium. That means the companies make their money and their profits that could keep making us games, but without it detracting from the experience or, or causing some of the issues we've had so far. Yeah, um, we'll just have to see how things uh, are dealt with in the next gen. But like I said, I think it will maybe depend a little bit on uh, what sort of games we actually get. So we shall see. But if we've got the likes of you know Naughty Dog and CD Projekt Red making games, then uh, we'll be fine. So uh, Jackson says you have both, of course, me and Robert, he's referring to, because uh, Bex was a surprised uh, co-host this week, of course. Uh, you have both talked recently about K- uh, Konami sorry, and their lack of making proper video games. Yes, we've talked about that a bunch of before. Do you think they will surprise us next gen with a launch title? There has been a lot of talk lately about the return. Yeah, he's mentioning Silent Hill and making another Metal Gear. Nope, I don't think you'll see uh, another proper game from them. For a while, I don't know what their obviously plans and stuff are, but in terms of them doing a surprise next-gen launch game or any sort of game, I, I don't see a reason that would happen. Um, I don't know what they what they would even do next, because like with, I mean, I guess you could make a, another Castlevania game, but what else can you? Can it, I mean, from the you know the three major franchises they got, Castlevania, Metal Gear, Silent Hill. You can't do another Metal Gear without Kojima, because we've seen how badly that goes down uh, with uh, Metal Gear Survive. You can't really, I mean, I guess you can make another Silent Hill without Kojima, but like I've said before, if Silent Hill was to return, people would want PT to return, because that was the game that got, you know, cancelled and taken off the off the uh, PlayStation Store, the demo, so people would probably want that to come back and be finished off. That would require Kojima and Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus. And I don't see that happening. So, uh, yeah, for, for them to make any kind of next-gen game, I don't see... I mean, they, they could make a game. It doesn't have to be from those three IP. They can make something new. But, uh, I don't know. They just seem to... Ever since Metal Gear survives, very poor reception for obvious reasons and deserved poor reception because it was a bad-looking game. That's what, that's one of them, that is one of them games where, like, you don't have to play it to see how bad it is. You can watch gameplay and be like, okay, this just isn't good and just is very bland but um robert what do you think uh, kojima might be planning for next gen uh sorry uh, uh, konami not kojima sorry correct me if i'm wrong but doesn't konami make like a, a an insane amount of money in japan on pachinko machines don't they own like a bunch of ips and build a bunch of those machines yeah but those aren't like video games those are just yeah but it... machines yeah, but for the for the company's bottom line, they don't really have to make video games, so they might not have anything planned for a while, but it's because there's nothing they really want to do. Mm. That is kind of a painful truth, is they sort of don't... If these gambling machines are as successful as they need them to be, 
I guess there is no reason, which is a bit sad as well, because you think of the the legacy of you know Castlevania, Metal Gear, Silent Hill, uh, some of the most critically acclaimed critically acclaimed games uh, you know in the industry. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit sad just to think about their future just being stuck on gambling machines, but uh, I guess that's what they've set up for for all of us. So, uh, Bex, any thoughts on what they could do or what they might not do or do, depending? Um, I've I've got no idea what they will do. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend I've got any any insight into this one. Um, right. I I would would like them to to make some more games, but um. Yeah, I've got I've got no idea. And as pointed out, their bottom line may be quite neatly being met by the terrifyingly loud. Have you ever been in a pachinko parlor? No. They they are. I walked through one just to sort of see if I oh, could cope like with a, it. Sorry, like an arcade kind of. Place. I've, I've been in like an arcade sort of place before. So uh, the pachinko parlors are just full of hundreds upon hundreds of pachinko machines, and they are full of metal um, ball bearings, and it is the most surreal terrifying sound i think i've ever heard <laughs> i walked all the way through one and out the other side and was like i'm not walking in there again <laughs> so um yeah um i don't know unless they unless they combine those things and they bring out pachinko games in fact those already exist um but yeah that's the only thing i can think of who knows it'll be a surprise <laughs> Yeah, we shall see what they do or don't come out with. Uh, and the last email and the last thing to wrap up this episode. Kelly says, hey Matt, what happened to video game reviews? This is a bit more of an entertainment talk question. Uh, but it's to do with the video game, so I thought I'd include it. Uh, it's been months since your last, uh, not last podcast, obviously we posted two already today. But uh, last video game review, are you not doing them anymore? Uh, I still am, it's just because, uh, I'll, I'll blame Call of Duty, because I've not finished any single player games. For a little bit, so I've had nothing new to review, and obviously I've already reviewed Call of Duty. But uh, once I finish Luigi's Mansion and once I finish uh, Moss, I shall review those and get back to doing those. It's just a little bit more difficult with games because films you go see them once, possibly twice, if that's something you need to do, and then you sit down after a few hours and you you talk about it. Same with a, a TV show, you watch the episode once or twice. That's <coughs> excuse me, like a couple of hours, maybe an hour or so, and then you do a podcast. Whereas a game, you know, five to I mean, how long is The Witcher? A couple of hundred hours. Um, you know, it can just be slightly, it can be slightly more difficult to do video game reviews just because of purely how long they are. So, but I, uh, I shall return with them soon once I've finished. Uh, once I've got Luigi out of that mansion, so uh, we shall see. But um, so yes, they will return. But when I have finished certain games that are story player driven. Um, so we shall see. Uh, but of course we have obviously been doing you know, other gaming coverage with mainly this podcast. So you've still had uh, a bit of gaming coverage every week. So uh, please keep uh, tuning in to these episodes and stuff like that. Um, that's it, well, that is what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk, episode 200. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's been quite a good one. Um, thank you very much, Bex, for joining me and Robert today. It's been uh, pretty good, I think. No worries, thank you for having me on, especially on such a momentous number. Yeah, yeah, uh, like, like I said, uh, we'll have to do something again sometime soon, uh, maybe another TV talk, because I've finished, like I said, on the stream, uh, Bojack Horseman, speaking of Bex's stream, quite a good segue there, uh, you can uh, you can check out Bex on Sundays and Mondays at 8 o'clock uh, UK time on uh, Tristabyte, so that's on YouTube and on Twitch, but of course the Twitch stream is on Twitch uh, through Tristabyte, uh, 8 o'clock Sundays and uh, Mondays. How's all that been going, Bex? 
Uh, yeah, it's been going good. I'm hoping to add some more days soon because um, I'm doing a, a a talk day on the Sundays where we do lots of geek chatter and go through lots of nostalgia and discuss things that are going on. Um, and then the Mondays um, playing uh, indie games at the moment. I'd like to add a dedicated retro day and a dedicated VR day as well. Um, so we shall see how that grows. But it's definitely definitely good fun and i am enjoying it and i've still got loads of stuff i need to upload um onto the youtube channel as well an ever-growing backlog of stuff still got footage from my time in tokyo um buying retro games and stuff like that and um got some of the talks i did recently at a gaming event to upload there as well so yeah lots of editing ahead of me i think cool uh so that's trista bytes b-y-t-e-s on twitch and on youtube so go and check out her content me and robert were there on uh sunday and you were uh, looking for a pen so <laughs> or you lost the ink my the chaos pen emerald pen like yes yeah. my beloved chaos emerald <laughs> pen um ran out of ink so i had to use a regular biro it was um yeah <laughs> it was well, actually kind of fitting though you don't have any ink so therefore there is chaos so mm. yeah uh, but yes, go and check out Bex's stuff on there. Um, of course, we should probably mention David's stuff as well. Obviously, it wasn't on this episode, but uh, just in terms of everybody else's content, uh, David is, of course, on geektown.co.uk, so if you want to know if, when, and where your favourite TV shows are back, uh, TV, film news, uh, t- TV and film news, casting news, all that sort of stuff, air date information, uh, check that out. Of course, if you want that in weekly podcast form, Tuesdays, Geek Town Radio, just search for Geek Town or Geek Town Radio on iTunes and podcast services. Uh, for me and all the stuff we do here on Entertainment Talk, entertainmenttalk.org, of course. Uh, please check out everything that we're doing at the moment. We're in a fairly, fairly busy uh, period, and Westworld is going to be back in two weeks, but the season preview, season three preview will be next week, so look out for that as well. Uh, so yes, entertainmenttalk.org, Twisterbytes, uh, sorry, on uh, Twitch and YouTube, and of course Geek Town as well. So check out everybody's content. Uh, should be some good stuff. Uh, of course, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. Please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers uh, for review, review options and ad-free podcast options. Um, Amazon affiliate link, if you want to shop on Amazon, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, go rate, review, and subscribe to those. And in terms of uh, subscriptions, go and subscribe to uh, Bex on YouTube and on Twitch as well. Uh, that will help keep you notified with everything. So uh, please do that as well. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feed. Uh, if they're talking about either sports, TV, games, films, uh, that sort of stuff, uh, tell them about what we're covering. Social media, please share them on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Uh, what is the last thing? It is video games. If you want to watch us play different video games, uh, of course, like we said, uh, Bex is on uh, Trista Bytes, YouTube and uh, Twitch. Me and Robert stream on Twitch as well. And David streams. Uh, sorry, David. me and David stream on Twitch. Beck streams on Twitch and Robert streams on Mixer. That's the right way around. Uh, and of course, look out for Let's Play Sunday episodes as well. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.